Picayune, New Orleans. Good evening, and welcome to All Access on 106.1 FM Nash Icon at NashFM1061.com. Presented by CrescentCitySports.com, the best sports site in Louisiana. All Access is also presented by the All-State Sugar Bowl, representing the best of amateur athletics. And by Francesca by Katie's, serving up St. Louis-style food with a New Orleans flair. All Access is also brought to you by Lamarck Ford and Lamarck Lincoln in Kenner. By Bergeron Automotive in Metairie. By LifeGate Church in Mandeville in Metairie. By Premier Automotive throughout the New Orleans area. John Curtis Christian School in River Ridge. By Life Resources Ministries with outreaches throughout the New Orleans area. And by the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. It's your chance to talk intelligent sports. All sports, all the time. To join in the conversation, call 504-260-1061. Now here's your host, Cumulus New Orleans Sports Director Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com, the Saints Hall of Fame Museum, and the Kenner Star. And a pleasant good evening and welcome to another edition of All Access, the Friday night edition here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon. We're on the web at NashFM1061. TuneIn app available anytime, anywhere for you via iHeart to listen in, wherever you might be in the world. You can also check us out via Alexa. Just say play WRKN or play Nash FM 1061. And you'll have the opportunity to check us out. You can always email us. It's Ken at CrescentCitySports.com. Or feel free to call the show. It's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 if you'd like to join in the conversation, we would love to hear from you. Later on in the show, we'll have a chance to visit with Chris Gordy. And Chris will join us, host of Locked on SEC, longtime radio host as well, and a New Orleans area native. We'll talk to Chris about the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia coming up on Monday night. Also in just a little bit, maybe in about 10 minutes or so, we'll visit with Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. They talk about the New Orleans Saints and what's facing them, of course, coming up in Atlanta on Friday. Going to be a challenge, to say the least. Of course, the New Orleans Pelicans got a win last night. That was nice as they defeated the Golden State Warriors. Now, you've got to take advantage of opportunities. And the Pelicans had a rare opportunity last night to face the best team in the Western Conference, missing if not their two best players, two of their three best players, because Steph Curry didn't play and Draymond Green didn't play. But still credit to the Pelicans for getting the job done. Look, they've been without their best player all year long. But they got the job done, and it took a, a really big effort from Brandon Ingram to turn the trick last night, which is what they need from him on a regular basis, to be a team that can make that play-in level in the Western Conference. 101-96 win for the Pelicans. Obviously, that was a big deal for the Pelicans to get out of there with that win last night. Herb Jones continues to be that guy, just special. He's a terrific rookie. He might not be rookie of the year, but he's in the conversation. But beyond that, even though he's not rookie of the year, he looks like the best draft pick of anybody in the NBA draft this past year based upon the fact that he was a second-round pick and doing what he is doing right now. It's pretty special, to say the least. He's really good, and obviously good stuff. Very much on top of what 
he is doing on a night-to-night basis. And it goes without saying that the Pelicans have to continue to play that way if they want to have a chance. Look, they got to go to Toronto on Sunday. Long trip north. Raptors are a solid team. They're 18 and 17. New Orleans is now 14 and 25 for what it's worth. It's just a one-gamer. Then they're home to play Minnesota on Tuesday night are the Pelicans. And, of course, the news on Zion Williamson earlier this week. Not good and nothing really to talk about. He's not available. He's not even rehabbing here. He's in Oregon. But the team is supervising it, right? Okay. All good. I don't know. It seems to me that if you want to supervise a rehab and you're in New Orleans, Portland, Oregon doesn't seem like the place to be. I'm just guessing. I don't know. But that's what's happening. Meanwhile, the LSU women's basketball team, I thought, made a statement last night. They lost to the number one team in the land, South Carolina, 66-60. But you got 10,000 fans who show you how exciting it is to have Kim Mulkey running that program. But more than that, LSU showed that it could play with the best last night. They actually had the lead in the third quarter, and South Carolina really did the job in that particular quarter. And it was all about Boston inside. She had 18 points, 19 rebounds, and was just too much for LSU to handle. LSU got crushed on the boards, and LSU doesn't shoot the three ball quite well enough to be able to be at that level just yet. But the fact that they played well and and played with South Carolina all night, I thought was very encouraging. Yes, the 13-game win streak is over. Yes, it was a tough SEC loss. But I think you walked out of there convinced more than ever that this program is going to take a huge step forward. It already has in my mind. Now, the SEC is tough. The competition will be tough, and they're going to have to rebound from that and continue to play well because, as I mentioned, the league is tough. There are several teams that are at a high level, and LSU has to prove that it is at that level. But I think the style of play, I think the record that Mulkey possesses, I think the fan support is going to help that program to attract good players to it in the future. I think they finally got that situation settled. No disrespect to Nikki Fargus, but the program had really kind of peaked and, and was stagnant, frankly. And I think it's changed in terms of the perception. It's changed in terms of the performance. And as a result, you can see that there's a lot of, a lot of enthusiasm and promise for that program moving forward. Loyola men's basketball team now 15-0. They whipped Dalton State on the road to remain unbeaten. Still the number one team in the nation in the NAIA. They've got depth. They have different guys leading the way on a nightly basis, which is what you need to have a, a superb team. You need a host of good players and different guys to be able to step up and do the job. And that's what we've seen with Loyola this year. Very impressive job by Coach Stacy Hollowell, whom we've had on this show, just very impressed with him and what he's been able to do. I mean, this is a good-looking team. It has been for a few years now, but it's a good-looking program uh, when you consider where they're at. Xavier had a tough men's loss last night, ranked 15th in the country, stopped a winning streak for them, but still a good team and good program. Xavier women got a thrilling two-point win over Houston Tillotson last night, so there's that. Of course, UNO basketball here on 106.1 FM all the time. Privateers 
of course, uh, you know, again, I, I still like their chances in the Southland Conference. I like Nichols, too. I think Nichols has a good team and a good shot there. But I think UNO has played tough competition, and that's going to serve them well in conference play with the way that league is stacking up. So, again, that's kind of the picture. Tulane lost a tough game in overtime with their first conference loss in men's basketball. And the Tulane women, look, we're going to have Lisa Stockton on our show next Monday night. So Coach Stockton will join us on Monday night. We'll talk about Tulane women's basketball when that occurs. Of course, you hear the sound in the background. I am at the Alario Center where the 11th annual All-State Sugar Bowl National Prep Basketball Classic is continuing. Day number three, some quarterfinal action and some semifinal action. And you can follow us through my tweets and also through our stories at CrescentCitySports.com on the games taking place. We just saw Newton, Georgia, who's incredibly talented, defeat St. Mary's of Arizona 68-53 to to reach the semifinals of the boys' platinum bracket. And again, this Newton team is really good-looking team. Three Division I college commits, and they've got a fourth who certainly will be. When you look at that team and what they have, that is they're going to be tough to beat in this tournament. Watching Westminster Academy out of Florida right now playing against Math, Civics, and Sciences Academy out of Pennsylvania. And right now, Westminster has a 22-14 lead with a minute 18 to play in the first half of that game. And again, this is quarterfinal action, semifinals tomorrow morning. Finals will be on Saturday in all four divisions here. They have two girls and two boys brackets. All four finals will be shown live, streamed live at CrescentCitySports.com. So you will want to watch on Saturday if you cannot be here. And if you are here, you can always watch the replays. All four championship games live at CrescentCitySports.com. You won't want to miss that. We look forward to bringing that to you. I'll be joined by Timmy Bird, uh, by Bill Gallagher, by VK Jones. All will be with us for the four championship games on Saturday. It's going to be a lot of fun, and we look forward to that so we continue on here as we march on on this friday evening ken trahan with you from the Alario center we have less east joining us in about oh a minute or two here to talk about the new orleans saints anything else you'd like to discuss 504-260-1061 that's 260-1061 to participate in the conversation of course you know the situation surrounding the nfl playoffs and you're going to have some guys not playing this weekend because you're looking at a situation where you got players that aren't going to play because of COVID issues or because of injuries or just resting to try to get ready for the playoffs. But you got certain games that matters. Of course, the Saints and Falcons paramount among those, along with the 49ers and the Rams. But the Raiders and the Chargers, that's another big one uh, to watch this weekend. Playoff spot on the line, Indianapolis. Well, they've got an easy game. I mean, they should take care of business and expect them to and to be in the playoffs. And probably the last game Ben Roethlisberger is ever going to play in the NFL against the Baltimore Ravens. Uh, that's coming up, too, because neither one of those teams appears like they are going to make the playoffs this year. But the NFL weekend begins tomorrow, and obviously that will be 
an interesting day to watch what transpires. It's going to set the table where the Saints are concerned. You're not going to know about the situation there until everything's over with Sunday because they're playing at the same time as the 49ers. And the NFL scheduled it that way. Look forward to seeing what happens. Kansas City, outside chance at the number one seed in the AFC. They're at Denver. Even if the Chiefs win, I don't think they'll get to that one seed because Tennessee is going to beat Houston on Sunday, right? Dallas at Philadelphia, both teams have locked up playoff spots. Are you going to see players that aren't playing in that one? Cincinnati at Cleveland, the Bengals are going to rest players. Joe Burrow's not going to play. Joe Mixon's not going to play, and you can understand that as well. Burrow with the sore knee after last week, so that's also understandable. I mentioned Pittsburgh at Baltimore, and likely the final game for Ben Roethlisberger in his illustrious career. The 49ers and Rams, Saints will be watching with great interest. New England in the playoffs there at Miami. Arizona's in the playoffs there at home against Seattle. And, of course, Tampa Bay at home against Carolina. And we all know the situation with Tampa Bay, with uh, Antonio Brown and the ongoing craziness that exists there. And I, I don't know. I mean, look, all you can do at this point, people ask you about it. I mean, I don't know that I have an opinion other than to say that I am a, I'm a person that believes in second chances in a big way. I think we all need them. And I believe in that thoroughly. But when you start talking about third, fourth, and fifth chances, that's a little bit of a different animal where I'm concerned. And certainly uh, when, and when you look at Antonio Brown's history and what's transpired there, if he needs help, then they need to get him help, they being anyone associated with him. But now it's getting worse by the day and uglier by the day. Bruce Arians denied everything, said, ask my players. They'll tell you, ask my coaches. Now... Brown had more to say today. Now he's questioning his relationship and his friendship with Tom Brady, who's responsible for this guy's career, continuing. So he's losing more and more respect by the minute. I mean, no disrespect whether you love or dislike Tom Brady. Tom Brady got him to New England. Tom Brady got him to Tampa Bay. Tom Brady got him to football. And apparently he wanted the ball more in the game the other day, so he took off his shirt and left. And as I said before, I don't know every specific to this. Therefore, I don't want to judge, and I'll say it again. If he's troubled, get him help. But he's telling the world he's not troubled. He's telling everybody that's not the issue. The issue is they they told me things, which, of course, the team is denied completely. So, And as far as injuries are concerned, if you know protocols and you know the NFL, you know that Tampa Bay is telling the truth because a player will scratch himself anytime, anywhere. Nobody has the right and the authority based on protocols to make a player go on the field and play. Nobody. So I'm sorry, but I, I just don't buy what he's selling right now. 260-1061 to join us. Great to welcome Les East from CrescentCitySports.com for about eight minutes or so. Les, good to have you with us, and I hope you're well. Happy New Year. Uh, thanks, Ken. Happy New Year. Good to be here with you as well. It's only appropriate to have you on on Friday night. I mean, come on. Uh, what do you what do you expect? Think I was going to let you get away? That's right. I've been trying to figure out how to fill up my Friday nights. <laughs> the last couple of wins were holidays, so that was a little bit easier. But uh, it's going to be uh, kind of quiet on Fridays for a while till we get back to prep football. Yeah, I mean, before we talk about the Saints, just real quick on Brown. I mean, why would Tom Brady not want Antonio Brown to be on the field? You know, I mean, he's already without some key weapons. I mean, the guy just loses credibility almost every minute when he opens his mouth. I mean, that's my feeling about him. I mean, I was so relieved when the Saints did not go after him 
I remember at that time, everybody's all excited. Oh, man, they need somebody else. And I'm like, man, you want to ruin your team, here's a great way to do it. And I think he, he may be the, the single factor in Tampa Bay not repeating. Yeah, it's uh, been a very bad situation. You're right. His explanations of uh, what happened just don't seem to hold water. And looking at it from afar, uh, I do think there are issues there that are far more significant than football that need to be dealt with, even though he, he denies that. Uh, I, I, I just hope the guy gets his life in order because yep. at this point I don't think uh, he has a future in football and he probably has more pressing issues that he needs to focus on if he'll accept that, um, what I assume is the, the reality of this situation. Teron Armstead out again this week for the Saints. I don't know how they can move forward and make a sizable investment in him despite the fact that he's a good guy. And despite the fact that he's a real good player, he just doesn't play enough. And you have to be able to count on people. And they're already buried themselves with the Andrus Pete contract, and he doesn't play. Also out, Bradley Roby and P.J. Williams. That's, that's two important guys in the secondary. And they struggled against Atlanta's passing game the first time around. Yeah, that's the big point is uh, Matt Ryan threw for 343 yards, a season high, and two touchdowns in the first game. That was the... By far the biggest factor in the Falcons winning, and I think it's going to be the biggest factor in determining this outcome is whether the Saints can do better. And losing those two guys is going to make it harder uh, for them to play the kind of pass defense that they're probably going to need in this game. But, uh, you know, they've done so well to this point to keep themselves alive. I wouldn't uh, put it past them to overcome even more absences this week, but it's going to be challenging. Mark Ingram questionable. He's been a warrior throughout his career, but he's getting up in age, and, and he's a little bit battered and bruised. And also questionable, Ryan Ramchek. Boy, it would be a big, 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 big lift to get him back. I would imagine if he's capable of playing, he's going to play in this game because of how important it is. But then there's Marcus Davenport, and he's questionable again after being limited today. And again, there's another player. You've got to make a decision on him. You let Trey Hendrickson walk and he's had a phenomenal year and is going to the Pro Bowl at the age of 26 because my Davenport physically has more skill than Hendrickson, but Davenport, like Armstead, just can't stay healthy. Yeah, that's a really tricky thing to evaluate. I think we have more evidence in Armstead's case than we have in Davenport's case because he's been around a lot longer. And it's probably gotten to the point where you're right, they can't make that kind of financial commitment to Armstead because there have been so many instances of the injuries holding him back. I think they're still holding out hope that Davenport at some point will be able to string together uh, games and seasons with less injury problems than he's had thus far. Uh, but he's starting to get a pretty lengthy resume as well. So. You know, we'll, we'll see how that plays out. But both of those guys are guys you would love to have on your team, but they just aren't available as often as you need them to be available. This team just has so many injury issues, it's, it's ridiculous. If they ever put their whole defense on the field for one game, it's really good. And if they could put their whole offense on the field for one game, it's decent, it's salvageable. And I say that knowing full well their passing game isn't very good and won't be. But their running game could be good if their offensive line was healthy and with Alvin Kamara and Ingram, for that matter, and Taysom Hill because he runs the ball quite well. But it's not. So even if you get Ramchek back, 
They're going to have, I mean, the Saints are going to have to invest completely in offense in the offseason, both in free agency and in the draft. We haven't said that in a long time. They've got to address offense across the board. They need a tight end. They need a wide receiver, if not two. They might need a quarterback, and they may very well go do that. And now, we didn't think prior to this season it would be the case, but they need offensive line help. So I just, I'm looking at what they have. If Armstead's not back, you've got to replace him. I don't think James Hurst is that answer long term. Cesar Ruiz has been not a bust, but he's not been what they hoped he would be. I think that's fair to say at this yep. point. So you have Eric McCoy, and you've got Ryan Ramchek, and then a whole bunch of questions. Yeah, and there's a good chance Ramchek becomes your left tackle if you let Teron Armstead go uh, because it's easier to find a right tackle. I, I agree that that's probably not Hurst. Uh, offensive line after quarterback is the most important position on the football team. Sean Payton gets that as much as any coach in the NFL does. So they, they are going to be focused on rebuilding that offensive line. Other than maybe quarterback, I think that's going to be the thing they're going to have to focus most on because you're probably looking at multiple starters uh, or at least uh, a starting tackle and some depth there. Ruiz uh, really sets them back if he doesn't become the player they expect him to be, and he's far from being that after two seasons. And uh, Pete, uh, you know, they're committed to him with the contract, but he's had injury problems as much as Armstead has, and he's not as good a player when he's healthy as Armstead is when Armstead is healthy. It's a very good point. And then, of course, the quarterback position. Look, they need so much help on offense, I'm starting to think that they might run it back with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill because they need so much help in other areas offensively, and the cost might be too steep for a Russell Wilson, for a Deshaun Watson, uh, and I, I like either one of those guys. Uh, Wilson's an incredibly high-character guy who's still a good player, and Watson, uh, despite his offense, it's so strange because prior to that, his character is off the charts. That's all you heard from everybody, but he's a really good young player, and I don't know all the semantics around massage parlors, but seems to me that, that that's got to, at some point, it's got to go away. I, I mean, I don't think he assaulted anybody, but I, I don't know. Look, I just think he'd be a good option. I don't think Rodgers is coming. Final word, I know you got to get back to work. Yeah, yeah I don't think Rodgers is coming. I, I think they're going to explore all possibilities, whether it be in the draft, which I think is unlikely because they won't be high enough, free agency, a trade, and it may well be. I think they're going to look into all of that, but it, I would say the, the betting line at this point would favor bringing back Winston and Hill at least for a season because, as you pointed out, they have so much else they have to address. It might not be practical uh, to go big in on a quarterback in the offseason and still plug all the other holes because it's not going to matter who your quarterback is if you don't have an offensive line better than what they've had for the last six or seven weeks. Couldn't agree more. If you ask me six weeks ago, I, I and I've said it before the season started, I said I don't think the next year's starting quarterback is on the roster, but now I'm starting to think more and more than maybe it is. And, of course, they're going to watch Winston's rehab very carefully and see where that's at, too, because it's very important. Les, I know you got to get back to work here at the Allstate Sugar Bowl National Prep Classic. We'll let you run, and, uh, of course, you can check out Les's work at CrescentCitySports.com. Appreciate it, man. Thanks, Ken. All right, buddy. Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. Again, we're at the Alario Center at the Allstate Sugar Bowl National Prep Classic. Less covering game right now, and we'll cover a game later. And you can read our work uh, that I have from the game coverage that I've provided today along with uh, VK Jones and Jamal Greenberry, who will do the same for games that are coming up involving 
area teams very soon here on the six courts that they have operating at the Alario Center. Interesting other developments today because you're looking at a situation where the Baltimore Ravens, who have to win and still probably won't get in, once again will be without Lamar Jackson. He's out again. Tyler Huntley will get the start against the Steelers on Sunday. Jackson out with a right ankle injury, fourth game that he's missed in succession. Now Huntley is making a name for himself. Tyler Huntley's played well, and it's not a big drop-off from Jackson. It is a drop-off, but not that big. Huntley, an undrafted player out of Utah in 2020, has really done a great job. Strong for 631 yards, rushed for 167 yards, four touchdowns in his three starts, but coming off of a difficult game against the Rams in a 20-19 loss where he threw the big interception late in the first half and really kind of changed the game still He's a player to watch. I think he's a definite starter in the NFL, if not in Baltimore, then somewhere else. But he'll get the nod against the Steelers with the situation surrounding Lamar Jackson, and obviously he's still out. Also, the transfer portal continues to rear its head. Ugly head, pretty head, whatever you think is appropriate is okay with me. Former Texas quarterback Casey Thompson, who started 10 games this past season, is now transferring to Nebraska. Thompson, you might remember, led the Longhorns to 2,113 pass yards and 24 touchdowns with nine interceptions, completed 63.2% of his passes. Started 10 games, as mentioned, threw for over 300 yards in three games this year. And there you go. So he's moving on. So, again, this news is going to continue to occur on a regular basis. And certainly Brian Kelly is going to be into the transfer portal unquestionably. Has to be with the lack of depth on the LSU roster presently. You have to make your name with high school players. That goes without saying. But for now, LSU is going to have to hit the portal hard to get players that they want. It's very important that that's the case. I mentioned Aaron Rodgers. And right now, to me, he's the MVP in the NFL this year. Who would have said that after week one, right? But even though he is that guy, and even though the Packers have clinched the number one seed, he wants to play against Detroit this coming weekend. Two reasons, I think. Number one, the MVP discussion. Number two, the fact that as the number one seed, they'll have a bye. And you don't want to be ice cold and miss sit for two consecutive weeks and get rusty. I think that's a sound thought process on his part. I mean, the obvious drawback is the risk of injury, but that's always a risk. So to me, I think it's good that Rodgers wants to play, and I think it's good that he likely will play against Detroit this weekend. And I think it speaks about who he is and the fact that he wants to compete too. If you'd like to join in the conversation, it's 504-260-1061. That's 260-1061 to weigh in. We'll take a time out here when we return in just a moment. Chris Gordy, locked on the SEC, will join us to talk about the national championship game between Alabama and Georgia. Glad you're with us on this Friday night. I'm Ken Trahan, Rudy Dixon, our producer. This is All Access, and we're back in just a moment here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon. We're on the web at nashfm1061.com. Inside New Orleans, if it's New Orleans sports, culture, food, Inside New Orleans with Eric Asher is talking about it. 
Weekdays at 4 on 1061 Nash Icon and available online anytime at NashFM1061.com. Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months, I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your your first tank. That's code TIME. This ad was paid for by McClenny Mosley and Associates, 1820 St. Charles Avenue, Suite 110, New Orleans, LA. Was your home damaged from the weather or a recent storm? Is your insurance company dragging their feet on getting you the money and help you need? Were you underpaid or denied on previous insurance claims? If this sounds like you, then listen carefully because we can help. We understand filing an insurance claim can be a very confusing and time-consuming process, and we don't want the insurance company to underpay you. Water damage, roof leaks, drain lines, wind, it doesn't matter if it's large or small. Let our dedicated team of experienced attorneys handle your insurance claims. We represent you, not the insurance company, so call us today at 800-820-6459 and find out how we can help you. You wouldn't go to court without an attorney, so don't try and fight the insurance company without a professional on your side. You'll pay nothing unless there's a recovery in your favor. Time is limited to file a claim, so call us at 800-820-6459. That's 800-820-6459. Again, 800-820-6459. This report is sponsored by New Zequil Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep. Tired of being tired. New Zequil Pure Z's Restorative Herbal Sleep is a melatonin-free sleep aid made with clinically studied plant-based ingredients to help promote better restorative sleep. Sleep this good? Feel this good. I'm Ken Trahan. Welcome to your daily sports report presented by CrescentCitySports.com. The New Orleans Saints got more bad news as Mark Ingram was out Thursday, joining Teron Armstead, Marcus Davenport, Bradley Roby, and P.J. Williams as being out. Brian Ramchek, Ty Montgomery, Traquan Smith, all limited for the Falcons game on Sunday. Quarterback Derek Singley Jr. of LSU declares for the NFL draft. The New Orleans Pelicans snapped a three-game losing streak, defeating Western Conference leader Golden State 101-96 at Smoothie King Center Thursday night. Brandon Ingram came through in a big way with 32 points, 11 rebounds, and 6 assists. Josh Hart, 14.6 boards. The Warriors play without injured stars. Steph Curry and Draymond Green. Women's college basketball, number one South Carolina rallied in the second half to defeat 13th-ranked LSU 66-60 in Baton Rouge. The Xavier women edged Houston Tillotson 50-48. In men's play, number one Loyola moved to 16-0 with an 86-56 win at Dalton State. Houston Tillotson's men beat Xavier 69-64. And three LSU baseball players received 2022 preseason All-American recognition from Perfect Game. Jacob Berry, first team. Dylan Cruz and Trey Morgan, second team. For these stories and more, visit CrescentCitySports.com. Have a blessed weekend and be a good sport. For CrescentCitySports.com, I'm Ken Trahan. Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating. Proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at DAExterminating.com. Now's the time. What's on your mind? Time to express your thoughts by calling Ken Trahan of CrescentCitySports.com 
and all access on 1061 Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Call 504-260-1061. Of course, we continue live from the Alario Center at the 11th Annual All-State Sugar Bowl National Prep Basketball Classic. And in the quarterfinal game in the boys' platinum bracket, right now it's Westminster Academy out of Florida leading Math, Civics, and Sciences Academy out of Pennsylvania, 29-25, 3.15 to play. In the third quarter, we'll have all four championship games live at Crescent City Sports tomorrow, beginning at 2 p.m. Hope you'll join us then with my analysts, Timmy Byrd and Bill Gallagher, along with P.K. Jones. We'll have that for you tomorrow on CrescentCitySports.com. The national championship game is set for Monday night. And, of course, SEC fans will either wallow in the sorrow of it not being one of their teams and be haters about the two that are there, or they'll love it because they can chant SEC, SEC all over again as Alabama and Georgia will collide once more for a national championship, second time in four years. Joining us to talk about that is a good and great friend, the host of Locked On SEC, of course, longtime radio host as well. And a happy new year to Chris Gordy. Chris, how are you? Hey, doing well, Ken. Good to talk with you, man. Yeah, look, I mean, I start with the most important thing that, you know, in the world of sports, obviously, that you, you know, I knew that we'd have to start with this tonight, and that is that Rummel beat Jesuit 2-1 to one in soccer earlier this week. I knew that that would be the most important thing to mention to you. <laughs> I love it. Anytime Rummel can win in anything, I, I'm gloating everywhere I go. I mean, for the longest, it was the famous alums, you know, uh, Ed Daniels, uh, you know, uh, Eddie Jemison from the Ocean's Eleven movies, and now we got Jamar Chase uh, throwing his name out there and uh, probably becoming the most successful Rummel alum right now. So uh, I'm, uh, I think I'm going to go order me a Jamar Chase jersey pretty soon. He's awfully good. I did a lot of his games at Rummel, so no, I'm not surprised at all. Christian Fulton's played really well for Tennessee this year as well, and Seathan Carter's playing from Miami. They were all part of uh, <laughs> one regime at Rummel. is pretty special. Uh, to watch those guys play, and but Chase has uh, been off the charts good, and no surprise there. All right, so we got Alabama and Georgia play it again. I think maybe much of the nation will snooze on this one because they don't like the fact that you got two SEC teams, two Southern teams, a game we've seen before, and so forth, and yet I kind of get the feeling that this is going to be a very good game. Do you share that sentiment? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, I think if this game is a blowout at all, I'm actually starting to lean the way of Georgia. I, I could easily see, you know, what was the final score of the SEC championship, something like 41-24. I, I would not be surprised if it flipped the other way and Georgia wins 41-24. I just – I go back – I mean, I've watched all their games all year, Ken, and that night in Atlanta, Bama played their best game of the year. Georgia played their worst game of the year. And, and that's not hyperbole, like – Georgia's defense got after everybody. And the end of that night, when we looked up and saw they had zero sacks on Bryce Young and company, I was just like, man, they, they, they didn't get to the quarterback once. And on the flip side, Bama's offensive line struggled against LSU. They couldn't run the ball for anything. They struggled to protect against Auburn, you know, giving up seven sacks. And then against Georgia's front, they played their best game of the year. It was just it was one of those things where you kind of look at it, it's almost like in a bottle. Like, all right, that was, you know, that's how that game went that one night. But I think this game, this time around is going to be very different. And I think the offensive approach from Georgia is going to be a little bit different. We saw in that SEC championship game, they tried to do a lot of short stuff. They, they tried to run the ball a lot. 
But it kind of looked like they said, we still don't trust Stetson Bennett to fully give him the keys to the car. When I went back and rewatched the SEC championship game, Stetson Bennett consistently kept taking Georgia down the field. He, he made a couple mistakes. Sure, he had the two interceptions. But time and time again, he kept driving them down into Alabama's red zone. And, you know, they turned it over on downs. And they made some mistakes. But consistently, he, you know, he had over 300 yards. They moved the ball up and down the field. So, I Against Michigan last week, we saw a different Stetson Bennett. It was almost like they let him, you know, they took the chains off of him. They let him throw it down the field. Uh, granted, Brock Bowers is a big tight end, you know, freshman to, to throw the ball to. Uh, their running backs are so good at catching the football as well. Just about every one of them, he gets the ball in the backfield to make big plays. But it was almost like Michigan didn't know what what, what happened. And those two big-time pass rushers from Michigan, Aiden Hutchinson, who's going to be a top-five pick, and David Ajabo, neither of those guys did anything. They had zero sacks last week on Georgia. So I think we're going to see if Kirby trusts Stetson Bennett and says, look, man, you're the guy, you you know, you beat out JT Daniels. Even when JT Daniels came back healthy, Stetson Bennett outplayed him. I think you got to trust him and let him make those throws down the field and not play scared. If you play scared, they're not going to win this game, but – uh, I think that's going to be different this time around. I think up front, Georgia's defense, they heard all the rumblings after that SEC title game. Oh, look at this. Is Jordan Davis loafing? He doesn't look like he's putting forth good effort. I think they're going to get after Bryce Young. And I think we're not we're understanding or we're not talking enough about not having John Mechie in this game for Alabama. That is huge because what Cincinnati tried to do was they, they covered Jamison Williams and said, we're not going to let him beat us deep. Georgia's got just as good DBs. And I think if that's the MO, say, look, we're not letting you beat us deep. You can throw underneath all you want. I think uh, I think that pressure is going to get to, to Bryce Young. Visiting with Chris Gordy, locked on SEC, talking about the national championship game. It's one of those situations where if you ask me what I think about the teams at this particular point in time, I would say Georgia's a better team. I think they've got better players. Most importantly, they're healthier. Uh, Alabama's got so many key injuries now. They, they just find a way to plug and play and mitigate that. And, and the, the clear thought process amongst people around the country is you're innocent until proven guilty. And with Alabama, certainly that's the case. I mean, you're innocent until proven guilty. They, they've never messed up in a situation like this. And then in Georgia's case, it's just the opposite. You're guilty until proven innocent. So many people are picking Alabama because of that. And, you know, I'm hesitant. The temptation is there to go with Alabama. I just think Georgia's a little bit of a better team right now. Yeah, if, if we're looking at the big picture and you're looking at all the games all season long, Georgia is the better team. They, they are more talented than Alabama right now. And that's crazy to say because they both had, you know, top one or two recruiting classes every year. But right now Georgia's got the better complement. And, you know, I, I think this may this is definitely Kirby's most talented team he's had since he's been in Georgia. This may be his most talented team he ever has. I mean, I don't know if they'll ever again have a better collection of defensive linemen, linebackers, running backs, defensive backs. I mean, they are loaded at every single spot. And so, you know, it goes to Kirby. And, you know, I asked somebody the other day, I said, "Is you know, how much is Saban in his head? He said, man, Saban's in my head. Saban's in your head. He's in all of our heads. He's that good that he deserves that respect and he's earned it. And, you know, I mean, you're always going to be second-guessing yourself when you're playing that guy. But Kirby needs to look at it and say, look, the, the reality is it, history shows us it is hard to beat a team, the same team twice in the same season. 
Uh, I know it's Nick Saban. I know it's easy to say, man, I'm getting Nick Saban in a championship game as an underdog. Give me those points. I'll take it all day. It's easy to say that, but I think you got to take a step back and look at the talent that Georgia has and say, man, they feel slighted. They feel like you know they didn't play their best game that last time around against Alabama. And I think with all the stakes out here, I mean, we heard the guy saying this week, linebacker Nolan Smith said, man, I'm from Georgia. Like, this means everything to me. He said, I was in tears after that SEC title game. This drought has been since 1980. We are ready to bring a championship home to Georgia. You had the, you know, the upset a couple years ago where Tua threw the, you know, the pass in overtime to beat them. That that still sticks in their craw as well. So, man, I, I think if we're talking about you know motivation. Nobody gets his team up to and motivated to play like Alabama and Nick Saban. We heard some of his players saying, you know, we feel like we're the underdogs. We feel slighted and all this. I get all that. But, man, at what point does Georgia and Kirby put on their big boy pants and say, look, we've got to win this? Because, to be honest, Ken, yeah. if, if Kirby doesn't win this year, he may never beat Saban. I mean, he, he's so in his head. If it goes to 0-5, man, I, yeah. I just don't know when he'll ever get over the hump. Oh, I think I think you're right in particular with Alabama's lack of depth and injury situation. I, I think you're you're right on. Okay, look, so Chris Gordy, Metairie, Louisiana native, Archbishop Rommel graduate, locked on SEC. So you were citing that other Rommel legend a minute or two ago. So so look, it's like magic. Yeah, he must have heard you. <laughs> Say hi to Ed Daniels here, man. Hey Chris, what's up, buddy? Hey, hey, Ed, good to talk with you, man. Same here. So Chris thinks George is gonna win, Ed. You know what? Here's, here's you a, and I will talk about this tomorrow yeah, morning. You know, yeah. Here's the one thing that I've I've, I've kind of learned about rematch games. Um, I don't think it's going to be close one way or the other. All right? And I go back to the Alabama-LSU game, and it, that might be a bad example in uh, January of 2012. But I, I, don't, I don't think when a team plays the second time, I don't, I don't think it's close. I just think that somebody's going to win the game going away, and I don't know who that is. Well, Chris, that's kind of what you said, and you yeah. think you think that's Georgia, right? Yeah, I, I I think Georgia looks at it and sees what they did wrong in in that SEC championship game. I think they righted a lot of those wrongs in the game against Michigan this past week. But I, I'm, again, the thing I go back to is as good as Will Anderson is. Man, that defensive front from Michigan was no joke. They were ready to play on the big stage. Aiden Hutchinson, uh, David Ajabo, all those guys. And Georgia, they didn't even get to Seth Bennett. They couldn't even get any pressure on him. And that stood out to me and said, the Georgia O-line responded. They know what they need to do. They get the ball out. Todd Munkin runs an incredible offense. I mean, I, wa- I went back and watched some film this week. Man, it's, it's two-step, three-step drops. That ball is coming out. It's screen passes. It's horizontal moving the ball. I just think I think Georgia learned from their mistakes, and you know I think Bama. Is, you know we watched Bama struggle all year. That offensive line struggling to run the ball against against LSU, struggling to protect Bryce Young against Auburn. Your warts don't go away just because you played one good game in the SEC title game. Um, you know I thought they played down to Cincinnati a little bit last week. I thought they you know, obviously look Brian Robinson Jr. ran all over and was averaging eight yeah. yards a carry, but. Bama should have put up way more points with Cincinnati. We're, we're not accustomed to them, you know, not completely stomping a team like that. So, no, I well, just, again, they, I just they're, feel they're like lacking the wide, they're lacking the wide receiver power overall without Mitchie. Sure. They, they've lost. You know, they, I mean, when you lose a guy like that, look. Yeah, Mitchie's a really I mean, good when they player. lose a guy last year, you know, they still had Devontae Smith. I mean, look, uh, and, you know, you got a guy in Slade Bolden from Louisiana that's, 
That's really their second best guy. And he's a nice, he's a nice player, but he's not special. And that's he's your third or fourth receiver. Right on Alabama teams, right. we're used to seeing you right. know, I mean, three you or look, four guys better than that. You look at the guys they had on their team in 2019. Oh my yeah, goodness! Yeah, Jalen Waddle, Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Devontae and Smith. Smith. And on the other team, there was Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. And I mean, it was Marshall about, wasn't and Terrace Marshall. That was one. Of, that was the most ridiculous group of of edge talent that I've ever seen in any game in the history of college football. And Clyde Edwards-Alaire was a first-round pick as a running back, <laughs> and so was Najee Harris, right. who had a great game. I mean, it was it was a ridiculous amount, you know, crazy so it, amount. It really was, and and that's why I say I think uh, I think the cream will rise to the top. I think Georgia does have the better talent right now. And I think they're going to come out and they're going to show it on, on Monday night. The only thing that really stinks for the fans, I got some friends who were up there and, you know, six degrees in, in Indianapolis early today. I, I said, man, can we make a rule where all championships are played in, somewhere in the South, New Orleans, Tampa, uh, you know, Arizona, play it somewhere South. They, going up to Indianapolis, nobody wants to go up there for that on Monday night. Yeah, look, I, we got a few minutes left with Chris Gordy. Chris, what about LSU? I mean, Ed and I talk about this ad nauseum tomorrow morning on our show and such, but I'm looking at LSU. I'm looking at its schedule. I'm looking at the the talent that's on hand, the lack of depth, and I don't know what's going to happen in the transfer portal. And they've got two or three kids that are really important that they're still trying to get, including in Louisiana, like, you know, a young man at Ponchatoula, of course, Jacoby Matthews, Trevante Citizen. But even so, looking at that schedule, I'm thinking seven wins next year would be about expectations for Brian Kelly. Do you see it that way, or do you think it's a, a better outlook than that? Yeah, I was at I was at NRG the other night, and I saw it firsthand, and that was, that was as ugly as it as it gets. I mean, that that literally felt like the you know the pre Donardo days. I mean, that's where you know where it was just you, LSU. You felt like they didn't even have a, have a chance. There was nothing they could do to win that game on uh, on Tuesday night. But no, I mean it's. It, Brian Kelly has got a lot of work to do. I mean, you know, I still don't understand this thing where these guys feel like, oh, I came to LSU and I did my three years and I got to go. I was talking with a, a guy who does, uh, you know, draft analysis nationally, and he was telling me he didn't have a draftable grade on Ty Davis Price. And I said, well, why is he coming out? You know, I said, this is a kid that needs to talk to more people and find out, like, hey, am I even going to get drafted? Is this the right decision to make? But no, I'm with you. I think the Miles Brennan move is is, is a big game changer. I think if you didn't have Miles coming back, this is probably a six and six team. With Miles coming back, you've got a chance to get to seven, maybe even eight wins. I think that's the ceiling next year. So, uh, in fact, I had a conversation with Miles just two weeks ago on my podcast. I'll watch that after you see if uh, your listeners want to check that out. But uh, Miles yeah. talked about his decision to come back and how excited he is to play for Brian Kelly and. I think that's the foundation. I think that's the piece you need to build around. As long as you have Miles Brennan and some of those receivers and you can retool this offensive line, I think that'll give them a chance. But, man, that defense has a lot of work to do. You know, somebody Ed was asking me, somebody sent an email to me earlier today asking me, what's the story on John Emery? Do you even know what the story is on him and whether Brian Kelly is going to Welcome him back. I have no idea. Do you? I, I do not at this yeah. time, but I've not talked to Big John either, so I, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, because I look at what they've got at running back right now, and it's not very impressive no. overall. But is. you know what? Here's the one thing I do think, though. I do think their offensive line is going to be better. And, and the, a lot of those young guys are going to get a chance to play right away. And I do think they will dip into the transfer portal, too, to get one or two. Well, they're going to have to. I mean, yeah. That goes without saying. Right. Know? 
with what you're talking and look, about. Look, Miles Brennan was on a record pace. And frankly, I think that that's the kind of offense that Brian Kelly wants to run. I think he wants that's to why, run more of a pro style. That's why Max Johnson left. Yeah, I mean, exactly. He, he, he got a guy yeah. that, that fits what he likes to do. Yeah. And, and you know, and, and I, don't, I don't know how you guys feel about it. But here's, here's, what, here's what I think. Look, 2019 was unbelievable. And it was an unbelievable lightning-in-the-bottle scenario, all right? But I think LSU has to go back to LSU. And that's kicking the, 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 the dog out of people by running the football and playing great defense. That's the personality of the school. And uh, to me, that's what they've got to get back to. And, um, you know, so, yeah, you can, you can run some three and four, you know, wide receiver sets, but I think maybe you got to huddle a little bit more and you gotta, you got you to gotta be judicious and you got to run the football. And, you know, look, look at what Georgia's done this year. They're not sexy on offense, but I think they're the best team in the country. Don't you agree? Oh, I think they are. Yeah, yeah. I, I think they. I think they are clearly the best team in the country, but they've got to go out and prove it. <laughs> right. On Monday night, until they prove it, they're not. I thought they were the best team when Alabama beat them in overtime in the game that Chris referenced, but uh, they have not yet proved it. But no, I think they are the best. And yes, uh, they run a lot of screen and bubble screen and smoke screen stuff and hitches and and they run the football and their defense is astonishingly good because you know why because you know why their offensive line is good they've got yeah. good running backs and their quarterback is solid but he's not the guy who's going to carry the game for you correct I think so that's a perfect so perfect description so what you've got to do is you've got to play to, to the things that and and they're elite on defense and they're deep on defense mm -hmm. that's the thing they can they can send two waves at you so to me that's the way you got to play and you know i mean the, the, you know, look, David Green's not a quarterback, all right? Right. So, you know, um, I, I, and neither is Matt Stafford. I just think that you've got you've to play a certain way with this guy, and I'm not saying he's not a good quarterback, yep. but I just think that Georgia's personality is, is you know, I, I just think that that's how they have to play. And I really think that Brian Kelly wants to play uh, drop-back NFL football. And, and and with with I don't think he wants I, I think he'll he'll do the spread stuff but I don't think it's to the point where they're gonna they're gonna be no huddle and they're gonna throw it right. 60 times a game don't think that's gonna happen Chris let everybody know about how they can follow you buddy yeah uh, lockdownsec.com is the easiest way to uh, get the podcast or just wherever you find your podcast we're we're just about everywhere. We're on iTunes. We're on Spreaker. We're on Spotify, iHeart. We're everywhere. Just search Locked on SEC. And, uh, yeah, we're going to have some great interviews in the coming weeks, uh, catching up with some uh, some guys uh, that are going to be preparing for the draft. We'll talk to a lot of guys across the SEC. And we'll also get uh, start getting primed for uh, for SEC baseball. i got a conversation uh, that'll be taping next week with Dylan Cruz from the LSU baseball team. So that'll be dropping in about two weeks. And, uh Excited to see what the LSU baseball team looks like this year because I know, I know with the basketball team, the women's and the men's, they're bringing us a lot of joy right now. The football team's not, but I know yep. uh, high expectations in year one for Jay Johnson, so that's going to be yep. a lot of fun. Number four in the nation in a poll release today, and they're, they're going to be fun to watch. Perfect game has them fourth in the preseason in the country. Chris, thank you. We'll talk again soon. Happy New Year to you.
Happy New Year to you too, guys. Good to talk with y'all. All okay, right, buddy. Edward, thank you. Let's thank you. Get back okay, to buddy. Work. Talk to you soon. All right. Uh, we will take a time out here back in just a moment here on 106.1 FM Nash Icon and at NashFM1061.com. Macy's one-day sale is going on now with great deals of the day to beat the burr. Like 50 to 60% off coats and jackets for him and for her. And 40 to 65% off the perfect winter boots and shoes. Plus, travel-ready luggage sets are now 65% off. And get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in-store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off sale and clearance prices. Exclusions apply. You may be into punk rock, soft rock, or classic rock, R&B, hip-hop, or house, country, techno, or techno country. But no matter what kind of music you listen to, here's something else you should hear. Please consider getting vaccinated. Talk to your pharmacist today about Comirnaty, COVID-19 vaccine mRNA. This message brought to you by BioNTech and Pfizer. This report is sponsored by Macy's. Macy's one-day sale is going on now with great deals of the day on coats and jackets and the perfect winter boots and shoes, even travel-ready luggage sets. And get contact-free curbside pickup or pickup in store today at Macy's. This is Josh Danzig with Where You At Magazine and the newly relaunched WhereYouAt.com with your weekend picks for 1061 Nash Icon, presented by Sky Vodka. Comic book lovers and movie fans will want to head to the convention center. It's Fan Expo New Orleans, formerly Wizard World. Or watch the Saints versus the Falcons on Sunday at Manning's at 519 Fulton Street with a kickoff at noon. For more info on what to do this weekend, log on to the newly relaunched Wariat.com and click on the community calendar. And be sure to pick up the new issue of Wariat Magazine in locations all over town. Cumulus New Orleans, incredible service and excellent results. New Orleans is always number one with Cumulus Radio and Digital. Traffic is brought to you by DA Exterminating, proud to be locally owned and serving over 60 years. DA Exterminating is proud to be locally owned and serving Louisiana's Gulf South for over 60 years. If you want a fast response and great service, call DA now on the North Shore and in Metairie, or you can visit us online at daexterminating.com. This is where you get all access, not just the focus on one or two topics. All sports are on the table with your calls at all times. Join us now by calling 260-1061. Now back to Ken Trahan on 1061 Nash Icon through CrescentCitySports.com and at NashFM1061.com. As I alluded to uh, before the break, LSU ranked fourth in the 2022 Perfect Game preseason top 25, marking the Tigers' second top five appearance in a preseason poll. The Tigers previously ranked third in the collegiate baseball preseason ranking. So this is a LSU team that is thought of very, very highly. And it's going to be fun to watch with a brand-new coach who brings a lot to the table. Vanderbilt number one in the perfect game. Bowl, Texas second, Stanford third, LSU fourth, Notre Dame fifth, Mississippi State sixth, North Carolina State seven, TCU eight, Arkansas nine, and Ole Miss is number ten. Nothing new with the SEC dominating in the top ten here with five of the ten schools. We'll take a final time out here, back with a final word in a moment, here on 106.1 FM, Nash Icon, and on the web at nashfm1061.com. 
Susan, it's so great to finally be able to get together again. Oh, it sure is. And I really appreciate you picking up the bill. I'm happy to. I've got the extra cash. Since we've all been driving so much more again, I've been using GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get paid cash when you buy gas with the GetUpside app? Yes, up to 25 cents a gallon. Cash back every time I buy gas. Does that actually add up to anything? Some months I make 200 to 300 bucks. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the free GetUpside app now. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents a gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill-up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or an e-gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code TIME for a 25 cents a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code TIME. Macy's one day sale is going on now with great deals of the day to beat the burr. Like 50 to 60% off coats and jackets for him and for her. And 40 to 65% off the perfect winter boots and shoes. Plus, travel ready luggage sets are now 65% off. And get contact free curbside pickup or pickup in store today. Details at Macy's.com slash pickup. Savings off sale and clearance prices, exclusions apply. We're planning a trip to Spain later this year. But our Spanish is... It's pretty bad. So we're using Babbel. Babbel's conversation-based method teaches you real-life words and phrases. And with Babbel's interactive bite-sized lessons, you'll remember what you learned. There's no easier way to learn another language. Ahora hablamos español. He just said, now we speak Spanish. Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free. Just go to Babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Always welcoming intelligent points of view, whether we agree or disagree. Let's have constructive dialogue on All Access with Ken Trahan on 1061 FM NASH Icon at NASHFM1061.com and through CrescentCitySports.com. Give us a call at 504-260-1061. Again, we're live at the Alario Center at the All-State Sugar Bowl National Prep Classic, where day three is deeply involved, started at 4 o'clock, will end tonight around 10 or so, watching the boys' platinum bracket quarterfinal game as we speak. And it looks like Westminster Academy out of Florida is going to advance to the semifinals. They lead Math, Civics, and Sciences Academy out of Pennsylvania, 53-39, with 3.43 left to play in the game. Again, uh, that looks like uh, the final verdict here at Westminster Academy is going to win and advance in this one. It certainly looks like that's going to be the case. Now, the Saints need the 49ers to lose. The Saints need the Rams to win. That's simple. And as we speak, we wait to see what's going to happen with San Francisco. Is Jimmy Garoppolo going to play in this pivotal game? Are they, are they going to have to go with a rookie? I mean, again, it's a big deal. They need the win. And obviously, Garoppolo gives them the best chance, I think. Trey Lance is a mobile guy, can give you trouble running around. But at this stage of his career, you'd rather face him than face Garoppolo, who's a hot and cold guy, but when he's hot, he's good. And the Saints have seen that previously. So, again, Mike Shanahan, Mike Shanahan. <laughs> I knew I was going to say that. Kyle Shanahan is... Not hedging his bets. He's keeping it coy as to who's going to play the game. And you can understand that. It makes the opponent have to guess. 
So we all wait and see. We'd like to thank Les East of CrescentCitySports.com. Thanks to Chris Gordy of Locked On SEC for joining us. Also, Ed Daniels for stopping by. Ed will be back with me tomorrow morning for the Three Tailgater Show live here from the Alario Center from 10 to noon. So we hope you'll join us tomorrow morning as we have our first Three Tailgater Show of the new year. And we're glad to be back. Our thanks to Rudy Dixon. Our thanks to our listeners. Our thanks to our sponsors for helping make this happen. Until tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., I'm Ken Trahan. Thank you for joining us, and be a good sport. God bless you one and all. We are ready.